liked this podcast, what do you need to do? You've got to subscribe yeah. and like and comment. Yes, we love hearing we comments. Lots of comments. We love them. Love it. Yes. Here we go. Hello, world. Hello, everyone. This is Voices to Dream. Suzanne Mann, the Hello. delightful Suzanne Mann with us again today. Good morning. Co-host extraordinaire. Good morning. <laughs> and myself, Richard Harris. Um, and we're just very excited again to be here and speaking to a couple of amazing guests who I think will be really interesting. And I'm going to throw over to Suzanne to introduce these fantastic guys. I actually, I told Richard that I had to welcome these two because I love them. <laughs> you know, I was, I was thinking this morning about how there really is always a light that comes out of the darkness. And for me, Terry and Michael are part of the light that came out of COVID lockdown because it was through the COVID lockdown period that I met these two amazing gentlemen yeah. who for me epitomize people who are willing, people who set goals, who really you both set intentions and go for it. You make it happen. And the thing is though, that they're intentions that are filled with love. And I have been touched by that ever since I met you guys. So I'm very proud to welcome Terry Opalak. You're going to have to give a wave so people know which one you are, Terry. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Frontier, my fabulous friends from Chicago. I was just enthralled by your introduction and humbled by it. I was just listening. Are you talking about us? Yeah, I was like, who are these guys? I don't want to meet them. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm Terry. <laughs> and I am Michael. Yes. Well, it's great so to have you guys. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great pleasure. Um, we're going to do, we're not going to forget the check-in today. We're going to do the check-in. And I, I understand you guys are familiar with the concept so I, who do we, I think we'll start with you, Suzanne. How are you oh, checking okay. In? Okay. How am I checking? I'm checking in really well this morning. I really am. I, I am seeing the light today mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful day here. I'm really feel touched to be, to be surrounded by beautiful friends. And um, yeah, so I'm feeling good and I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I know how interesting these two guys are. Right. Well, that's great. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll throw it to Terry. How are you checking in today? Richard, thank you. I'm, I'm doing well. I, uh, this is my second uh, meeting on Zoom today. Wow. Uh, the first one was with an organization I work with, and uh, we're talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and exploring all that. So I feel like I'm really primed for our conversation today and excited to be here because no matter how far the distance Right now we're connected and that's a really cool thing. So I feel great. Thank you. Fantastic. And Mike, how are you doing? How yeah, are you checking I'm out? really well. I spent the afternoon with the two of you. I took uh, an eight mile walk and I had my <laughs> headphones on and I listened to the podcast. Oh, uh, wow. Deborah, which was, very, she sounds like a riot, uh, somebody that would be fun to hang out with. So, it, but it's actually, it's actually really cold here in Chicago, but it's sunny and the lake was perfect and just gorgeous. And mm. for me, walking, it's like a meditation. It mm. is a meditation and just very calming and very centering. So I'm feeling wonderful. Fantastic. Yeah, I hope yeah. you're not sick of us by the end of this podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. 
I showed up. Here I oh, am. fabulous. And, and Richard, how are you checking in? Yeah, um, I did wake up at five o'clock. This is like three hours ago with uh, reflux. This oh, is a sort of sign of, <laughs> sign of, you know, turning 50, I don't know, nine this year. Bloody hell. But, um, yeah, apart from that, <clears throat> pretty good. I'm, I, I've had a, a very busy week and very uh, there's a lot going on, so there's a bit of anxiety there, I think, which is unusual for me. But to be here and chatting to you guys, I think this is going to be a fascinating talk and I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. So I'm feeling good, pretty good. Good, good, good. Right. Oh, thank you. So. Well, I was going to, we, we have this thing where I don't like to actually tell too much. We don't like to talk too much about our guests ourselves because no one knows your stories better than you do. So mm. I would love it if you guys would, mind wouldn't mind starting and telling us a bit about yourself what are your stories and why do you think i've invited you here today Ooh. a leading open because yeah. <laughs> I, I know that you're i know that your story actually gives the answer to that as well so um i'm really excited to hear and i know that our listeners will be as well who who are you guys who would who would like to start yeah i'll jump in i uh, i'll go first um and, and that's a loaded question for me because when I think about my, my age, I'm 65 and I've been spending a great deal of time during this pandemic looking back at my life, reflecting on my life and uh, actually writing about my life and where I've come from and where I am today. And I uh, remember, oh gosh, probably 30 years ago, my stepfather asked me uh, at that time, I've always been kind of reflective, he asked me why I um, feel it's so necessary to look at my past. And I, and I remember being kind of taken by surprise and responding that my past is really important to me because it's, it, there's, there's a lot of richness that can be gleaned from looking at where you came from, especially when you get older, your perspective changes and you can see things um, hopefully from a place of wisdom um, and how to uh, be better. And that's, that's important to me to be a better person. So, um, you know, I've professionally had a number of changes in my life um, as an adult man and uh, worked for state chambers of commerce for about 20 years in membership development. And, uh, and as uh, at one point, gosh, about 21 years ago, I believe it was, Michael and I were involved in a, a workshop called The Artist's Way, based on the book by Julia Cameron, that was published not too long before that, I believe maybe 10 years earlier. And now, literally today, that has resurfaced. And um, in a big way, there's been a lot of articles, for example, New York Times, about the artist's way and Julia Cameron is um, an, an elder matriarch that is um, still very active in facilitating the artist's way. Um, and that course, it sounds cliche, but it literally changed my, my life. And I left my career without having any idea what I, my next step was. I just knew I needed to make a change. And there's much more to that story that I, I'm in the process of writing about. 
but um, I'm, I'm excited to because I'm thinking so there's a is there an official book coming up Terry well I hope so there's definitely <laughs> I'm I've, I'm definitely I'm working on that so yes it's um it's a, a lot more work than I thought I thought I'd just sit down and, you know, <laughs> Richard can empathize with that yeah yeah <laughs> but um so so it, it changed my life dramatically and and um I started up a company called Terry's Toffee, which was based on my grandmother's recipe. And I'll tell you, the, the, the one big thing is I never wanted to own my own business. Well, never say never, because I, I ended up owning my own business. We ended up owning that business. And uh, it's 13 years later, we sold the company. That was always the intent. And now I'm off to doing other things. I'm working with an organization in LA called the Geeboard Center. Um, as their community liaison and Suzanne, you I love the keyboard the center. <laughs> it's another fabulous thing that I was I learned about during COVID. So yeah, we do inter interfaith education, but it's much more than that. There's we'll maybe dig into that. Who knows? But um, that, that and, and also my own work. Um, I work with clients in intuitive coaching, uh, which is more I would say leans more toward holistic coaching because it's about their well-being on every level of their being, not just intuitively, but that's really where it starts. Um, it has to do with your physical well-being, your spiritual well-being, um, and many other things come into play. So, um, you know, that's enough about me. That's kind of a little bit of, a little bit of what's going on in my life. So, Michael? Yeah, do you want me to talk about you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as, yeah. as Ben Miller said, that's enough about me. Me talking about me. I can fill in you the talk rest about now. me. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm a lifelong Chicagoan, and I I think I've had a very interesting life, a lovely life, a very full life. Um, and then around the age of four, I'm not going to go chronologically, but I'll, I'll try to make this as short as possible. And he's starting but, at four. Um, yeah, at four. Yeah. How um, long is this podcast? It's going to be fast. No, you know, I've always been, I've been extremely sensitive to energy. And as a child, I was hearing things, I was feeling things, and I was seeing things that other people weren't. And I never thought anything was wrong with me. Um, and I actually never... I don't think I did think anything was wrong with me, but I was aware that I was feeling things differently. Um, I knew things that nobody told me. And as I got older in like teenage, like late teens, early twenties, the voice was getting louder and it wasn't like, um, it was always like a very gentle, soft, uh, intuitive voice. And it wasn't until I was in my early thirties where I really surrendered and listened to it. Um, and, and something that ties into that, at, at the age of four, I, I said this already, but I grew up here in Chicago. I grew up on the west side of Chicago. It was a blue collar working class neighborhood. I was raised in the Catholic faith. I don't follow the religion anymore, but and at that age, at four, you're not necessarily gay, but I knew I was still attracted to other little boys as a boy. And so, and then I'm hearing things and I'm feeling things and that equation equaled keep your mouth shut because mm. at that age, you're not trying to stand out. And so as I got older, I worked in the medical field. I worked on an ambulance. I worked in dialysis. Um, but the majority of my career as an adult was in the food industry. Um, I went to culinary school, uh, managed a rest, waited tables, managed a restaurant. Terry and I did have Terry's toffee together. 
And I think in at around 40, I really wanted to understand why I was feeling things so much more deeply or why the world was affecting me so deeply. And so I started to learn how to work with my intuition. It might've been somewhere in my thirties. So I never learned, when I learned how to work with my intuition, I was not planning on reading people. I just wanted to understand for myself why I was feeling what I was feeling. Mm. And of course it opened up my intuition, my clairvoyance. And I started reading people. It's what I do today. Um, I coach people. Um, it's led to a whole series of, I do Reiki, I do reflexology, all about the healing arts. And what I love about what I get to do is I help people remember their purpose, their passion, their dreams. I hope I'm helping people live deliberately on purpose with intention, which is Fantastic. how I hope I'm living, mm -hmm. but that's what I feel <laughs> I do. Yeah. If I answered your question correctly. Oh, no. See, well, it, I told you they were interesting, aren't they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually have so many questions that come out of that. Yeah. And, and I just wanted to say to Richard, you know, you said you've been feeling anxious this week. And, you know, for all of us, the past two years, we've, it's upended with COVID. Hmm. And it's like we had two days of, well, okay, so here in Chicago, um, they've lifted the mask mandates. Um, we're now able to go out, you know, to the gym, to a bar, restaurant, whatever, without masks. And it felt like, you know, two days of like freedom. And then Russia invaded Ukraine. Yeah. And yeah. so as an empath, you know, and we're watching the sadness unfold in real time. Yeah. So like, I really am fine. My brain is really tired because I, not only can I see it, but I can feel it. I can feel what the people are going through. I'm here in Chicago. I'm watching something that's happening thousands of miles away. And I'm saying this for Richard as well. So yeah, I think we're all feeling anxious and tired mm. and burnt out and yeah. It's exhausting. I, and I, 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 you know this better than us, but we're not meant to live with so much, witness so much yeah. sadness. And there's definitely this background uh, of the world in chaos and in anxiety, isn't there? And then, you know, then I, I lost my wife a couple of years ago, oh, uh, you know, and, and just, you know, you start to, to accept that that's, that's that. But it's, yeah, there's definitely, um, and then a whole bunch of things start rolling together. But it's yeah, yeah it's um, great that you're in in the you know you're directly dealing with um, you know helping people through that in a, a very yeah. practical way, which mm. is fantastic. Yeah. You guys are healers. Yeah. You're, you're you know that's whole part of yeah. your thing is healing. And well, I guess and although this is sort of a bit of a question for later anyway, but just in touching on that right now. What's some advice? Like, what, what, what advice would you give people, you know, when we are in this situation, when, and especially people who are sensitive to what's going on, yeah. who are really feeling that empathy, what do we do? Well, I think, you know, part of it, is, I, I, I've always known what to do. I think we all have a greater knowing of what to do, but we've kind of lost our connection with that. And one of the things that helped give me the language to explain to people what to do is the compassionate integrity training course that we all went through and, uh, and where we met Suzanne. 
because being dysregulated, you know, knocked out of your resiliency zone or knocked out of the place where you feel like you're you, mm. like you, you, you feel like you're not you anymore. Something's missing. Something's off track. Something's, something's gone. Is, this, is truly the exercise of mindful breathing is one of the most important tools I use with my clients that you can do that in the, in the middle of chaos and no one needs to know. You can be in the middle of a room of a thousand people and there can be chaos going on all around you and you can slow things down and connect with that greater knowing, that sense of calm within through mindful breathing. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. And, and sometimes you can uh, know these techniques and uh, yeah. aware of how good they are, but you forget to do it or you, you know, yes. you, you're just not in the place to actually yeah. use those. Yeah. So you need people to remind you and educate mm, yeah. you about them. Yeah. yeah. Mm. As simple as it and, is, it's not something that you always like are ready to grab that tool, mm. uh, especially when you're, you're dysregulated. Yeah, it's hard. That's that's the practice. That's the work. Mm. We always, I, 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 I remember the. I always remember the analogy of, you know, if you're if you want to get big muscles, you don't just go out and lift, you know, twenty kilo weights. You actually yeah. have to, you know, you have to start small and you have to practice. Right. You have to, you yes. know, you have to do the work. And I think that yeah. so often with whether it's meditation, mindful, you know, which mindful breathing is like a, is a med form of meditation, but all of these things that have to do with your mind, so many people forget that it actually takes practice. And yes. if you do it once and you haven't like got to your Zen place, right. you don't just give up. Right. Yes. And, yeah. and before you even start the practice, you have to have the tools. Yeah. Somebody, sometimes somebody has to get, show you or remind you of the tools mm. or give you a new tool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was going to add, I, I'm sorry, um, my dad was in the hospital, he's passed, but about 20 years ago, and what Richard just said, um, all the tools that would help me, like yoga, and going to church, or meditating, or journaling, I couldn't get to, because he, he was in the hospital for nine months. And, it, you know, even me, who does all of this work, could I, I could breathe in the car, of course, I could like quiet my mind in a waiting room. But the things that really could help me, I just couldn't get to. And I had mm. to modify because I could tell, like feeling dysregulated that, oh, I'm not connected or, or everything's like really um, heightened and the anxiety was super, super high. So, mm. so even people who practice this can sometimes forget. And I think it's important to put that out there as well because we're all human. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we're human, and and it's yeah. being gentle on ourselves. Yeah. So I'm gonna. And well, I'm gonna. It. Oh, sorry, sorry, Michael. No, 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 no. Please. I um, as well as all of you guys know. Anyway, I I'm my other, what my other alias is the challenge girl. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna put yes. a challenge out there to all of our listeners today. Yeah. Maybe rather than maybe to switch the news off five minutes early, yeah. or or switch it on five minutes later, and maybe just do some mindful breathing. Yeah. Like it. Yes. Take, take five yeah. minutes to do that instead. Yeah. And um, Very much. see how, see how we go. That's my challenge. Yeah. That's my, my, yeah. my challenge to you. That, you that, as well. Okay. <laughs> we, we kind of know what mindful breathing is, but maybe, maybe the guys can just explain what, what were you doing that five minutes or, or maybe. Yeah. 
what, what yeah. do you, well, how would you recommend for doing me, that exactly? Yeah, for me, Richard, it's, it's first becoming aware of your presence in this moment. And an easy way to do that is to be connected to your body, your physical body, the chair you're sitting in or where you're standing or the room around you or wherever it is to simply become aware of where you are in the present moment in your physical being. Because the mindful breathing, what that exercise does is help calm the body and calm the mind. Yeah. So by, you know, you don't have to close your eyes, but, but many times with my clients, I suggest they close their eyes and become aware of their breathing, which often is quite shallow. It's usually like in our like mm. upper chest or up, up in our, our, almost in our throat, yeah. um, which reminds me of a great book by uh, James, James Nestor called Breathe, Breath. The name of the book is Breath. I always confuse it with Breathe and Breath. But Breath, it's a fascinating book about, about the, the practice of breathing correctly. Yeah. We don't breathe correctly. And um, to start to breathe from deep within using the diaphragm and the lungs going particularly into the lower lungs. That's where the highest number of capillaries are in your lower lungs. And so when you activate that, your lungs are then doing the work they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And that physiologically begins to calm your mind when you do that. It just, it's just what, it's almost like a magic button. Yeah. that we all have inside that we can kind of push that button or turn it on, flip that switch. Yeah. It's just, it's just what happens. It's a fairly universal technique for um, med meditation coaches, isn't it? And it's like, it's, sure. it's almost, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a meditation, which didn't start with that. <laughs> well, you always need to breathe, don't you? Yeah. But like yeah. conscious breathing and the yes. deep, deep breathing yeah. and yeah. diaphragmatic yeah. breathing. It's, yeah. it's really yeah. a yeah. universal technique, but Almost like you say, it's a it's a a, a trigger mm. to yeah. to get uh, mm, yeah. you get the body calm, which is fascinating. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna. I I thought we might move into the our imagining part of the talk. Although I, I love this stuff, but I know that this actually touches on everything else that we're we're going to talk about now. So as as um, our listeners know, we just we read a little excerpt from Imagine. Oh, you can you can show mine's mine's got post-it notes all over it, <laughs> which does happen to be Richard's Richard's book. <laughs> but it's it's it, and it's actually what brought us together as friends, yeah. isn't it? Because I was just so inspired by the vision of what what a world could be if everyone was actually compassionate. You know, yeah. if we were actually compassionate and empathetic people, um, which. Funnily enough, we can all do, you know, this is not something, yeah. <laughs> this is not new technology. We've all got it inside. So I'm just going to read a little excerpt from that. And we're going to use that as a bit of a discussion point, because I really wanted to talk to you guys about some different areas like, well, this, and this is focused on Chicago in particular. And we wanted to talk to you about, you know, areas like tolerance and creativity mm. and um and compassion you know and and in particular in your city i mean 
I was telling the guys earlier, everything I know from Chicago is from TV shows, Chicago PD, Chicago Med. And I know of Chicago as like having a really bad crime rate. Okay. Mm. So in reading this chapter, I sort of went, wow, this is, this is very different from what I was thinking. So I'm just going to read a little excerpt here and we'll see how we go. So this is actually just um, what, what's happening here. So this is set after I Day and Chicago's transformed. I mean, I love Chicago as I was talking to you guys before. It's, it's an amazing city and so much to offer. And I think what I've done in Imagine to, to, is just to bring the rest of the city up to what, what it could be, like the, what the best bits of Chicago are. And so it's kind of, yeah, it's a, a reformed and tolerant and loving Chicago, but in the sense that most of it is, but it's just, there's this part that's troubled and yeah. So this is uh, set in that part, troubled part. And this is, this is two friends, two gentlemen friends having a chat in a pub, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're walking along uh, the lake um, and in Humboldt Park. On their way there. Uh, and then they're, uh, they're sitting down in this sort of pub in the, in the, what was a ghetto area, but is now mm. completely transformed. So it might be like you two in the future. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so it's just, so it's, we're mid conversation and he, and one of the guys says, and here we are now back in Chicago, probably more changes here than in Africa almost. True. The mixed marriages, just like our two kids have, is now just commonplace. Guns, not an issue anymore. 400% increase in school resources and college enrollment up to over 80%. Military expenditure, not even talked about anymore. Would you want to go back to Africa, Mac? You know what, Jordan? I kind of like it here now. Walking through Humboldt Park with you on this September afternoon, life couldn't be much better. There are still plenty of challenges, but life here is good. Their walking pace was slow and they stopped to look out over the water many times on the way to the bar. Mac, to be able to see the changes in my community, the one I tried so hard to escape from as a young man is mind boggling. Who knew that within months, the South side of Chicago would be transformed into a district for fine arts. That people from all races and walks of life would be drawn there for cultural enrichment and that it would become a huge tourist mecca as the arts thrived and the drugs disappeared. I'm so incredibly proud of my city now to feel free to walk in any street to know that diversity, peace, and goodwill has arrived in my neighborhood. And that anywhere in this great city, I will find interesting shops, museums, great ethnic food. I just love this place now. Mm. Is that the Chicago you guys it. are after? Mm. It may well be that you feel like you're already in that place. I mean, yeah. You know, like it's a diff. There's two worlds that I see yeah. when I went there. I drove yeah. through the, the scary bits, if you like. Chicago is an amazing city. It's. I think if we did not have winter, it would be the best city in the world. <laughs> you know, but we do. We have a very long winter, and it gets tough. But um, Chicago is one of the most segregated cities in the not not only in the country, but perhaps in the world. And segregated in like black and white. Yeah. 
right? Okay. It's so the, what I love about Chicago, it's like, um, it's like a big little neighborhood. You know, you can literally start walking. So Terry and I happen to live in Edgewater. So we're pretty close to as far north east you can get in the city. And we're very close to the lake. So, but typically the north side has been white. The south side has been black. Um, but, and it's always been like that. As I mentioned earlier, I grew up close to Humboldt Park as a kid mm -hmm. and I couldn't go there. So it's on North Avenue, uh, like North in California, if anybody's listening in Chicago or doesn't know where it is, but um, because of the gang activity. And right. so I probably did not go to, through Humboldt Park until maybe 10 years ago. Wow. And it's got a beautiful boulevard and beautiful graystones all around the park. But I just couldn't, we couldn't go there. And, you know, what's interesting and what's sad is there's always been crime in Chicago. The, it's happening everywhere. So it's mm. not just in Chicago. And I'm mm. sure you're hearing about these smash and grabs up and down Michigan Avenue. It's happening in, Cal, in California, New York. It's happening everywhere. Um, I'm not sure if I'm answering what you wanted me to answer, but I wanted to share this with yeah, you. That about a month ago, so I was driving on Lakeshore Drive two months ago. I was driving on Lakeshore Drive and I was going south and uh, through it. Uh, we used to live in Lakeview. And I remember the lake was to my left. I was driving south and so east and to my what to the west right of me. I just remember turning and looking at Diversity Harbor. And it's the first time ever, ever, ever that I did not feel safe in the city. I'm 59. Mm. So I think, Richard, you're taking my space at 59 and I'm going to be exiting this age soon. But it's the first time ever that I just had a really funky feeling about the city. And I, I, Chicago is amazing. Please, if you're listening, please come visit. Um, but it's the first time that I felt like uncertain. Mm. I wasn't sure, you know, Chicago could easily follow in the footprints of Detroit. Really? And, mm -hmm. and I hope not, but it's, it's, it, it, I think what, what's bothering me more so now is the random acts of violence. Oh. They're unprovoked. Um, it's for a little bit, for a little while, it just didn't feel like it was the city that I knew. So and, sorry about sorry you know, about reading. That. No, that's okay. With what you in your book, <laughs> you know, Terry and I live in like I could not live in an all white neighborhood. I could not live in an all gay neighborhood. Mm. Where we live, it's extremely it's diverse um, uh, economically. Um, I mean, I the high school that is just a few houses away from where we live. There are sixty three languages spoken at this high school. So. Wow which is pretty cool. So, you know, I hope I'm contributing by creating this beautiful future by helping people tap into their potential mm -hmm. and understanding like, well, what can I do? I think people are afraid of doing something because they think it's gotta be these huge grand gestures. And sometimes it's literally me just taking care of my little pocket. 
yeah. that my little pocket right now is my home, my husband and myself, that I've slept well, I had a good meal, um, I'm kind to people. Um, I always think about, you know, you never know what someone else has going on. Mm. Um, for a while, um, we, our front yard is landscaped. It's, it's pretty, it looks nice. And I often thought when the kids were walking to school, maybe that's the prettiest thing that they're going to be able to look at today. Nice. So like that was from 20 years ago, but I thought, well, that's my contribution then. And my contributions have changed throughout the year, throughout the years, but you know, you're, you're asking great questions. And, and I do hope, and the potential is there to create Mm -hmm. that world. And for Terry and myself, that's the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. We, we, we are inclusive. I, I, I think the problem is people are afraid of the other, but when you stop and pause and realize we're all the other to someone, pretty mm. much everyone um that we're more alike than we're not yeah that's what i'm trying to do with the work that i do mm. um yeah I don't so, know. And, so, I, so it's a tough one and, and in and the current is, situation and it's sad and it's sad yeah it's sad if, if we look at it so this is where well it's also where i like to we like to play oh well i was going to say god but not really god we, we like to play head of the world yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you guys know all about systems and I yeah. guess this is where oh, I like to I really love to have a bit of a brainstorm about how do we make this happen then if we ruled the world if we all if the four of us were given the power today to rule the world and as you say this is happening all over the world you know there there's intolerance there's crime there's drugs all over the world um what would we do? What would we do to say, this is the change that we would want to make? Mm. I'm putting that out to you guys so that you get to answer it because it's a bit hard for me to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go go ahead, Michael. I was going to just say, I think part of the problem is control. People trying to control the other. And for me, it's celebrating our differences. Like we are not all alike. It's true. That's a good thing. And you know things that I don't, and I know things that you don't, and what we don't know together, we'll figure it out. So I don't know if it's simplistic, but. How do we, how do we bring it together though with, how do we try and, I mean, it it is such a hard thing. um, Yeah. Because people are scared, aren't they? There's this fear and. It's, it's so, it's so tough, but I, I guess it's those little, <clears throat> maybe it's those little connections. It's conversation. Yeah. It's, it's just simply learning where people are coming from, uh, why they think what they think. Uh, obviously you're aware of our political climate and it's always been there. It's just that the lid got lifted and that darkness is being brought to the light. So, but I, so I think it's through conversation. It's uh, helping restore hope to people who feel hopeless. And how do you do that? You listen, you see them, you recognize them, mm-hmm. you validate them by just holding space for them. 
Well, I, I'm going to jump in if I could. I just, I, when you read that, Suzanne, and your, your, also that and your question about ruling the world, you know, how would we imagine things or do things? I think in some ways, Chicago already is what you've written about, Richard, in, in yeah. many ways. It's, yeah. it's there. It's always been there. Yeah. I'm kind of the eternal optimist. And, uh, you know, I, I, I try to look for the, the peace and the good in people and in situations at all times, even when they're even when it's challenging, I try to look for the good. And I think one of the most, you know, to, to go to ruling the world, I think um, as a business owner, one of, the, one of the many things I learned that I hope to include in my writing is that, you know, I wasn't the kind of boss that was like stood over people and said, you, you got to do it like exactly like this and now do it. Although there is a certain element of control, it was more about supporting them, encouraging them certainly the, 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 the systems had to be in place and you have to follow the systems, but the systems can, can possibly be better if we bring people together and truly listen to one another. And particularly in the differences that we have, we can come to understand that our differences are actually our strengths, not our weaknesses. Yeah. But it, it, a lot of it is perception. So how we perceive things um, really plays into it. And yes, the world is really tragically crazy and difficult right now and challenging for us all. But I think if we shift our perspective, even just slightly, that we will shift our trajective. Yeah. And that is the, the challenge that we all face. But it's the work that we have to do. Mm. Yeah. I guess at the moment, pretty much the two, those two worlds are still very much separate, like the South Chicago and, and North. Is it, I mean, do, does anyone ever have an opportunity of kind of, are there social or, or other times where people are mingling and having conversations or is it really that different like culturally you can't really for this is the thing we want people to have conversations but it's you, you can't really force conversations can you yeah no. i mean how do you well, how are, do we get the the yeah. it even started well there are a, a number of uh, people and particularly it's interesting particularly women and and i and i love women being the leaders me too. Uh, there are some, yeah, really, <laughs> truly. Uh, I think we're really missing that, not only in our city, but in our, even though we have a female mayor, but, but in our city and in our world, in government. And uh, so there's some, some women who have founded and or are on boards and, and deeply involved, not just sitting on the board, but actually actively on boards of nonprofits here in Chicago that are in the, on the south side, the southwest side, that are going in there and doing the work mm -hmm. with the young people to help that that to help help heal trauma, to help uh, bring people together, to uh, under this umbrella of diversity, equity, inclusion. In my language, diversity, equity, and inclusion equals belonging, because we all desire that sense of belonging. One of the things I learned again while running my company is that I spent a good part of my life trying to fit in. And I realized that what I really wanted was that sense of belonging. 
And I think that's what we all desire is to feel mm -hmm. like we belong with one another, that interconnectedness. So there, there are, you know, people mm -hmm. doing the work yeah. literally in the, in the, these neighborhoods yeah. where it's tough in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was going to say, well, that's one of the things that we mentioned earlier, the keyboard center that Terry's, um, Terry's part of. And for me, that was such an, it's such an eye-opening, um, such an eye-opening experience being involved with them because mm. they, again, are for me leaders. So just to explain to Richard and our listeners. So as, as Terry said, the keyboard center is all about interfaith connection mm. and, so I've been able to sit in on the Zoom calls and just being able to have hear these conversations and hear these stories of people from completely different faiths. You know, there'll be there'll be um, a Jewish person, a, a Muslim, a um, Orthodox. You know, it's and and but there, there's, for example, one focus. You know, of the stories for that week and just to have that reminder, which as Michael was talking about, that we are so different. So you're learning from these stories and you're gaining wisdom from these stories, but yet you're also coming back to the fact that we are so similar mm -hmm. and having that balance and seeing that through these talks is just, it, I just think it's amazing. It's, it's just really incredible. Mm -hmm. And then you're also in those talks you're given the opportunity to actually have conversations, you know, to have breakout groups and then talk about mm -hmm. how, how, what your story is as well. And I think that yeah. it's just so important. And, and even these, you know, these little pockets, these little pockets of things like this that are happening around the world, it's just a matter of finding out about them. You know, there are so many, there are so many people who are doing amazing things. It's a matter yes. of finding out about them. And um, sometimes I think maybe introducing our leaders to some of them as well. Yeah, yeah. And you said something interesting, Suzanne, about the breakout rooms and being able to tell your story. You also have the opportunity to listen mm, to yes. other stories. Yeah. And I go back to that over and over again, because listening is truly a skill that I think we all could develop better. Mm. yeah for sure yeah i was looking for something online here there was a gentleman who came to chicago and went to five uh inner city high schools and the kids juniors seniors were very smart but they weren't going to be able to pay for college and what he did was he, he paid he surprised them with oh, yeah. college tuition uh their books uh, lodging um and then each child he was going to send one parent to college as well to start creating generational wealth. Yeah. So, wow. so there's a lot of, there are many great people in Chicago. I hope I didn't sound too negative. Just that um, <laughs> there are many great people doing philanthropic work that are, yeah. are helping yeah. raise, rise up and, and creating hope. There's, um, that's been a huge tradition in America, sort of charity and philanthropy. Mm -hmm. um, Australia is kind of more uh, structural and uh, government, you know, uh, we try and do things at a government level uh, mm -hmm. to change. It doesn't always, it's not always perfect. We have huge problems with our Indigenous population mm -hmm. uh, in terms of health and education, uh, yeah. big systemic problems. But it, it yeah. kind of, people are aware of it at government level, but it's a bit different focused in America, isn't it? For, it's more, 
you know, individuals, it's up to individuals a lot of the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was in, I was, um, this is a bit of a change in it, but I actually think it sort of relates as well. It's sort of to do with the artist's way. And I, I also like that, you know, this is what was spoken about in the excerpt as well. How do you think creativity comes in and has an influence on, on life and on, um, on hope and dreams, you know, what's, what's the creative, how does creativity filter into all of it? Is it important? Oh, absolutely. I think for me, creativity uh, fosters intuition. When you get out of your head and when you get out of your own self, uh, infinite potential, infinite possibilities Mm. that you can dream a bigger dream. You could, you know, paint the sky green and the ground blue and you know it all makes sense so yeah that's what I love about creativity and teaching people creativity it just gives them permission to go back to their innocence to and it's and you can hopefully control your creativity in a very healthy way control it that it's your it's what your vision is it's what your feelings are and you can express them and you're never wrong yes yeah. 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 When we facilitate, we've, we actually facilitate the artist way now and we call, we've kind of renamed it for ourselves and we call it beyond the artist way because we bring a lot of our own, um, I hope it's wisdom um, over the years. That's like, that's something you're supposed to gain. I think we have some wisdom to share. So, and the, the stories and the experiences and much more than that, including when we talk about creativity, Suzanne, we, we talk about it um, that, you know, it's not just the literal arts. A, a, a physician can be very creative. That's how, I mean, think about this pandemic, how they created the, the vaccines. I mean, they had, that, that's creativity at work, mm. literally. Mm. So, mm. you know, the CPA can be very creative. An attorney can be very creative. I think how we use you know, our, our creative skills and gifts is what's important about being mindful about, what, you know, because people can also create chaos mm. and confusion mm. and not such good things. Yeah. So being mindful of what you're using, your creative gifts and how you cultivate them and nurture them mm. for, the, for the better good, for the good of all people, not only self. Because I think we, we also gain a, um, oh gosh, a, a sense of fulfillment in our lives when we are not self-serving. When we're thinking about the greater good, because that ultimately does come back into our own lives when we serve the greater good. Yes. And, I, and I'm here to tell you, it all it does. It comes back in remarkable ways. And it, it doesn't, matter of fact, it usually never comes back in the direction you gave it. For example, Richard, if I gave to you, for example, in some way mm-hmm. that in, in selflessly, but for the greater good, mm-hmm. you may then turn and give that goodness in yeah. some um, newly manifested way to Suzanne, who then may return that 
to Michael in some way, et cetera. You get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it's, it's what, and that's how, you know, not only Chicago, but anywhere in the world, that's how I believe we will um, get rid of these, th this old paradigm that we've been reliving for generations. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I can't wait to go back to normal. I don't want to go back to the normal before this pandemic. I don't yeah. think that normal was so great. There were great things about it, but it wasn't so great. Mm -hmm. Racism, inequality. Uh, you, I mean, just go down the list. As, as two gay men, we, we're here to tell you we've experienced a lot of these things ourselves. The AIDS epidemic, um, you know, a lot of inequalities that are still in the books in this country and around the world. Um, the, the, the CIA had recently uncovered a, a, a quote-unquote hit list from Russia that they were going after religious leaders and LGBTQAI people in Ukraine. They had a literal mm. hit list of who they were going after. Right. Crazy. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. but you can, I hope by what I'm sharing it, you can see the interconnectedness of you know, whether it's using our creativity for the better, the higher good, mm. or for something that is really quite evil and destructive. Mm. Can I, uh, I'm, I'd love for you to expand a little bit on a couple of things. One, tell us a bit more about Beyond the Artist's Way. What, what do you do exactly? And also about intuition. How, give us some examples or how that's really helped you. And I'd love to know more about those two things. Um, so beyond the artist way, so we use Julia Cameron's book, The Artist Way. It's a 12-week uh, course. You can do it by yourself. You can do it in a group. And what Terry and I have done is, you know, we've had these big lives before we got to where we are today. And so we have a lot of personal experience that we share with our groups that we facilitate. And I think part of what you had asked earlier about uh, creativity there's a lot of shame being released throughout the course uh, through people's art, that expression, that um, how parents look down on their kid for, you know, a little boy liking a doll or she the girl wanted to play with a truck, whatever it is. But so it's recovering a sense of self um, I also think I used, when I took the artist way class the first time, I actually used my clairvoyance as my art. And the facilitator didn't necessarily know what to do with me, but <laughs> I knew what to do with me. And that book helped me release any feelings of I can't, or I'm afraid. Mm. And connecting with intuition, you know, it's a natural sixth sense. Um, perhaps not the four of us, but a lot of adults teach their children not to trust themselves or to put their trust outside of themselves. And so simple intuitive uh, tools that you can start using, you know, your- Michael, skin. I wanna just jump in and say something Please. really quickly. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but I just have to say that, and I've never shared this before, uh, I don't believe Michael, that every time you tell that story about uh, the artist's way and your intuition uh, being the gift that you, your creativity. I'll never forget that we were in our uh, church, Unity in Chicago, 
in a art gallery section that the, the church had part of the part, off the sanctuary was literally an art gallery. They'd show different artists each month and it was just beautiful, a beautiful space. And we had a, a um, kind of our, our recital, so to speak. I, I don't know any other way to put it for all the people in the class, you know, and, and I had, I painted and my paintings were hanging on the wall and other people's artwork because at it, the artist's way that we took was all about art. Yeah. And, and, but Michael, his art was his intuition. So Michael stood in the room and did readings on a crowd of people. I think there were 30 or 40 wow. people in the room. And they, and Michael stood there in the middle of the room giving readings to people. And I will never forget it. I felt this unbelievable sense of pride and, um, and awe at, the audacity, and I mean that in the most positive way. Yeah, I, I know, think Obama, Obama's book, The Audacity of Hope. I mean, I think we need more audacity in yeah. the world. That he, 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 he did that, and with no shame, with actually great pride and confidence and, uh, and humility. And what do you mean by a reading, giving someone a reading? So information just starts coming to me as soon as somebody invites like me a in for a reading. Yeah, but I think of I think of or a psychic, dead people. But Michael doesn't like to use the word <laughs> yeah. psychic. So, so yeah, I, I don't know what. But that's it. So yeah, there's I a lot connect. of layers to that, Michael. Go yes. Ahead. So I was trained in that John Edward style, where you know you stand in front of a group of people and you just start getting names start start dropping in and you get you can start channeling them. Um, I'll preface it with the book Seth Speaks is what really got me into all of this. It's a book written by Jane Roberts. And the book that really helped me with my intuition was uh, Carolyn May's M-Y-S-S, her book, Anatomy of the Spirit. And the book explains, she just goes into the seven chakras in our bodies. There are many more than seven, but it really helped me understand, as I said earlier, how I was navigating the world. Your chakras are the best GPS tracking system you could ever have. Please start paying attention to them. So uh, a reading is I'm working. So think of it like an iPhone syncing up with the computer. I never know which one is which, but when you come and sit with me, when people used to sit with me, when I did it in person, they could write down their questions on a, on a piece of paper and then they would fold it over so I could not read the questions. I would hold the questions in my hand without looking at them and I could answer them. And that just made it fun for me. So <laughs> it's the only reason I did it because I was wanting to see what I could do. It's like a magic but, trick. Yeah. And well, it's, so, a, it's an exercise. But, yeah. but there's a lot. So when people sit with me for a reading, so I'm talking the whole time. They can, it could be interactive, but I'm pretty much doing all the talking. And what, what's really happening is they're getting information. Sometimes if people choose to drop in, if somebody's in spirit, um, they can come through me. But what's really happening are there are these thousands of light workers that are on you that are clearing energy and helping you release and helping you let go. So when somebody sits in front of me, your past shows up on your right, present is right in front of me, future shows up on your left. We'd be silly not to learn from our history, but we can't live back there. Future messages are amazing, but if we haven't built the foundation to stand on right now, the future messages mean nothing. So, and what I'm really hoping that I'm doing is helping people to start to develop their own intuition. And so a quick intuitive 101 is your stomach, gut, 
and your skin, the two greatest sensors we all have. That's my your God gut. bumps. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I heard you say that. Your, your abdomen, when it's butterflies, um, like roller coaster nervous, that would typically be a yes. Nobody's around you, but you feel sick to your stomach or you got punched in the gut would be a no. Goosebumps, God bumps, goosebumps. Yes. Warm, fuzzy. Yes. Hair on the back of your neck, like that skin crawling would typically be a no and learning how to trust that. So, so that's, I feel like I answered my calling. Like this is what I get to do all day, every day. And I love it. It's like detective work. I'm sleuthing. We're trying to figure things out, but really helping people release their blocks to get to their magnificence that, Mm. that, and we all have it. Mm. And, and then helping people remember, you know, there are things that we wanted to learn in this lifetime. We don't know how they're going to present, but so when you're in a situation that might be a little funky, what am I supposed to learn from this? Cause I asked for it because yeah. I helped create this. Yeah. So instead of want, want, it's like, okay, what am I going to do? So what I love about what I get to do is the people who are coming to me, they're looking for a solution. They're not looking just to complain and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the four of us are solution driven. Um, I'm not into magical thinking. I think I'm very positive and optimistic. However, I'm a realist. And so how can we marry that energy? Mm-hmm. And I love you, living yeah. out here in the ethereal. And yet I'm deeply grounded. I can tell you one more thing. The more grounded, the more rooted first chakra color red, where do I belong? The more grounded rooted we are, the more freedom we have, the more structure you have, the more freedom you have. Which, which sounds like it's juxtaposed, doesn't it? It sounds like a right. contradiction. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> but the more you, you know, when you're on a, it's not like being scheduled, but just structure that, okay, every morning I wake up, I meditate, I journal, I set my intention. That's structure. Mm. Yeah. I can tell on days that I don't meditate. There, mm. It happens. Richard, one of the tools that Julia Cameron uh, uh, requires, uh, one of the basic tools in, in the artist way is what she calls morning pages. And it's three pages, stream of consciousness, pen to paper. It's not on the computer. Yeah. And, and, and I, I believe that the reason it's pen to paper is because there's something about that connection to uh, the neural pathways and coming, traveling literally down your arm to yeah. the pen for writing. Yeah. So it's three pages stream of consciousness first thing in the morning. And the reason why first thing in the morning is, is we haven't yet started our day. So we're not in that we're not in gear yet. Yeah. We're still kind of in neutral. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're not yet, you know, I, I, I know some people do jump out of bed and they're ready to go. So it, it, it's extra challenging for, for that type of person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and it used to be me too. And, and but you know, we both, Michael and I both have been doing morning pages and also encourage our clients to, uh, and, and anybody we, we work with, um, but we've been doing them for almost 20 years now. And that's mm-hmm. how Terry's Toffee was born, was yeah. literally out of my morning pages. It was an argument that me in human form was having with greater consciousness, higher knowing, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. It literally was an argument. I don't want to start a business. I said, I no, you need to start doing this. And it was like, no. And I argued for a week before I finally took the steps to do it. But that has shown up in many times in many ways for both Michael and I, mm-hmm. that those morning pages is probably one of the 
one of the simplest ways, um, again, simple doesn't mean it's easy. It's always easy, okay? Mm -hmm. But it's one of the simplest ways to really connect with your intuition. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've tried that. I've, I've, I've got the artist's way book. <laughs> you, yeah. you guys inspired me, although I'd much prefer to do the course. But um, yeah. doing those morning pages again is an example of something that took practice. It was really difficult for me yeah. to start. And just this whole, when, when Terry first told me about like stream of consciousness, I, and when, when he's saying that he was having this argument with himself that's actually what you're putting down on paper like you're just yeah. you're just writing and I had never just written like that you know it was messy it was yeah. I you know I didn't even really know what I was writing but just whatever thought was coming into my head at that point in time I was writing down right. and it's such a different experience and it's really quite freeing but um yeah. I sort of wanted to, I guess, what I also wanted to do was just um, mention, because we we do, we like to, you know, we want to leave everyone, which I think we've actually left everyone with so many different um, good ideas as to what they can do right now I've got, I've got a whole bunch more questions too. Oh, really? <laughs> well, maybe, there, maybe there needs to be a part two. I know. I know. We can come back. Well, we I, can I, give this to people and then come back in like a month and do part two. <laughs> just, the thing I wanted to mention was that the... For me, the the listening, um, Terry was really talking about listening to to other people. But one thing for me as well is the whole thing of listening to myself, learning That's to it. listen to yourself. That's it. And That's it. with creativity, the thing that um, when I actually, I was a perfectionist. I used to. I I'm a recovering perfectionist, and. <laughs> And that was what, you know, that was what really got me down. Um, but one of my ways of getting out of that was that I started doing some painting and um, I was so shy about it. I didn't want to, you know, I, I still have my paintings just like on a wall where yeah. no one can really see it, but, but it's, they're on a wall. And um, being creative, though, taught me to stop being so judgmental of myself. Stop judging, you know, there's, I mean, I can quite easily not judge other people, but right. I judge myself like anything right. and right. creativity and just being free and then being happy with what you've created, I think is just such a brilliant way to get that judgment out of your head. Yeah, absolutely. You got it. So I love that, that you said that. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah, that's, absolutely. that was a big thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. What did you want to ask? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I think part two. Part two. <laughs> but, uh, look, I, I, I did want to, like, broach the topic of, you know, you guys are together, you, you're married, you're um, been partners, you intimated it's not been a, necessarily an easy journey, and I, I can imagine that in, in the States. And yeah. so uh, if you wanted to, to say anything about that and, you, you know, mm. how you, you know. Oh, gosh. Uh, Terry and I have been together 32 years this June, and we're married for five uh, this past January. So, you know, um, and I'm very proud of the fact that we did most of that without a legal contract. So we chose to stay with each other when we could have walked many times. The good thing was we wanted to walk at different times. So <laughs> here we are, as ever, anybody would know in any long-term relationship, but, you know, I, we really respect each other and I really admire Terry. I really, I think he's one of the most thoughtful, articulate people that I know. Um, 
extremely compassionate, extremely empathetic. And we laugh every single day. I kid you not, we, it could be that it might be once, it could be a hundred times, but we laugh every single day. And you could take us anywhere and we will have a good time. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> totally you know, believe it. Yeah. And, and, you know, like as far as adversity, um, we're putting out such a different energy that like the law of attraction, um, people don't mess with us. Yeah. I, I can, I'm not into magical thinking, but my energy, our energy together is extremely powerful and we just don't have time for nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question, but that's the first no, that thing was, that came that was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Michael showed me a, a post the other day. I don't know why this is coming up, but um, the, the post, Michael, well, you, you'll probably correct me if I don't get it right, but it was about uh, the beginning of a relationship. You want to spend all your time with oh. a person and long-term relationship it it then grows into your knee is on my side of the bed (laughs) (laughs) i knew that's something close to it but we we have we've we've been through it all we've been through i mean not only oh you're in my bed yeah Yeah. why why are you in my bed (laughs) yeah well here's how i look at it at the beginning you know we can't we we come from two we have this tribal language yeah we have this tribal language that we grow up with. How do you communicate in your own family? And then you meet somebody in your two tribes trying to figure out how to communicate. And it's not always easy. And things are misinterpreted and uh, misunderstood. And there's a lot of forgiveness involved, a lot of communication, but a lot of forgiveness, forgiveness of self, forgiveness with the other. And, um, you know, I, I feel some days like we're just at the beginning of you know like so much more and feel excited about our relationship and the freedom that we allow one another to be yourself and to grow and change and evolve and to respect that in each other um at one point we were in couples therapy you know many years ago and um the therapist gave us a shared with us that it's not about being right in a relationship. It's not about being right. I'm right. Then you're wrong. But I'm always right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just keep that between us. We won't tell you keep that to yourself. Right. But we're, we're getting younger as we get older. Yeah, we, we really are. Yeah, yeah, we're having a lot of fun. So, yeah, and just letting go. And it's the beauty and of getting older. And a lot of laughing. We laugh We laugh at our arguments. We laugh at our, usually, it used to be a couple of days before we could laugh, like, is it too soon? Now it's just like half an hour, 30 minutes. And then we're like. That's great. I just tweeted exactly. that. I just tweeted that yesterday, didn't I? I had a tweet where I said, because I truly did. Yeah. I, I tweeted that the older I get, the younger I feel. Yes, yeah. it's true. Yeah. It's same with same, same. And I, I just feel like you get to know yourself better and it's enjoy so that, enjoy right. that even yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. So I love it. You know, I love it. Don't you think it's more that you, you know what you don't want? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have a law of attraction. To waste your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. know what you don't want, so you focus on what you do want. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're going to focus on what you don't want. You're going to get what you don't want. 
Yeah. You focus yeah. on what you sure. want, not what you don't want. Yeah. Love it. What a good way to, I like that as a, yeah. a wrap up. I like it. Perfect. <laughs> Well, we are so grateful for having you two with us. Thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like- Thank um, you for having us. Thank you for having us. I'd love to be able to turn it. It does. It does. I know because we didn't even get into stuff like Reiki. No. And because no. Richard and I were sort of going, Richard's going, what's Reiki? And oh, I, can't, uh, <laughs> like I know, that. I know, I can't do I, Well, I sort of went energy healing. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. anyway, we will yeah. have to, that is a conversation for another time. Um, we we are need so to know. We need to know oh, uh, yes. people- would like to contact you and and uh, avail themselves of your wisdom and and help and yeah. health advice and yeah. how do how do they contact you and, and and see you guys? My website is michaelfrontier.com, and on Instagram, if they want to follow me, I do a minute message on Monday. Uh, my Instagram handle is michael underscore frontier. Fantastic. We'll put and my some website is banners up I'll there have that. for people. I'll have that. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Terry, terry.opalek.com. I'm sorry, terryopalek.com. And, uh, and I'm on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook yeah. at Terry Opalek. So, yeah. 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 I'm Michael Frontier on any social media. It's very simple. Twitter, Facebook, you'll find me. Beautiful. Terrific. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank with you us. so much. Enjoy. Thank you so much. Thank Enjoy you. Thank your you. Afternoon. It's been fun. You too. You. you too. Enjoy your day. Yes. Okay. We're sending the sun your way. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thanks, guys. That's it. Oh, Thank actually, you. I always forget. If you liked this podcast, what do you need to do? You got to subscribe. Yeah. And like and comment. Yes, we love hearing we comments. Want lots of comments. We love them. Love it because then we get to comment back rather than just talking to ourselves in the comments. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bit just Richard commenting, me commenting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So thank you everyone and we will see you soon. Bye.